Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About, brought to you by Sales Gravy. I'm Gina Tremarco, Master Sales Trainer and Director of Coaching at Sales Gravy. And today, super excited to have Elaine Morrison with Elaine Wellness on the show today. Elaine, welcome. Thank you so much, Gina. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. We had a great conversation a couple of weeks ago. There's so much about you that I think is so cool. Well, we started into this conversation about menopause. And this is something I really want to jump into. And hey, guys, I know I got a lot of guy listeners. This may be beneficial to you as well, especially if you have women in your lives going through menopause. And maybe it's women you work with. Uh, Several years ago, for anyone who's an avid listener, you know, we we had actually a discussion about menstruation in the workplace. And I think these are important topics. And I was, if anybody recalls that episode, I was kind of weirded out about doing it, but we did it on the Mm -hmm. suggestion from a man. And it turned out to be a great episode. But I think this episode, I really wanted to dive into this when Elaine and I got onto a call Because anybody in any kind of business or job, any woman listening to this show, the struggle is real and Mm -hmm. you don't understand it if you're not in it. It's almost like a secret sisterhood. Would you agree, Elaine? I wholeheartedly agree. It is an issue in the workplace. Women are leaving the workplace in midlife due to menopause symptoms. I heard a lot of talk around menopause. I'm a Pilates instructor. I have been for the last 17 years. And I would always hear my clients coming into group class. And there was sort of this whisper in class of like, I'm having this symptom or this is happening. And I was just always keeping an ear out to like, okay, what could potentially be coming down the road for me? So women were talking about it, but it was very whispered. You know, we didn't want to talk too loudly about it. But I think that's changing. You know, it's funny you mentioned that being a Pilates instructor. And for those listening, I I didn't jump into a giant bio on Elaine. We'll put that in the show notes because I just kind of wanted to dive into the topic. Several years ago when I was working with a personal trainer, it was probably my early 40s and I wanted to lose weight because I kept hearing the rumblings of like how much weight you could gain during menopause. And I'm like, let me get ahead of this and lose the weight before menopause. And I lost 80 pounds and then, yeah, and I put it all back on. I'm going to blame it on menopause. No, I'm going to, there was a variety of things that happened. And, but during that time with my personal trainer, wasn't in menopause yet. I wasn't perimenopausal yet, but she was complaining about some of her clients that were blaming things on menopause, right? That was her take on it because she too wasn't going through it, but she was saying things like, you know, they're, you know, they're saying all this is going on. They're blaming weight gain on menopause and she couldn't understand it because she wasn't going through it. And even I at that time had been coaching a lot of women, entrepreneurial women, and a lot of them in menopause. And I would hear things like, you know, and I, I could be a tough coach. And I would hear things like, I'm just so tired and I have brain fog and I just need to take a nap during the day. And I'm like, well, get yourself up. I don't know what to tell you. Get more sleep. Go to bed earlier. Right. And I'm a woman saying this. I don't know if I said it out loud, but I know my inside voice was saying it. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. I think my inside uh-huh. voice was saying, I think I said it more gently, like, 
But maybe readjust your schedule and sleep at different times. I don't know how I sugarcoated it. Mm -hmm. Couldn't understand it because I wasn't experiencing it. And then when it happened to me, I was like, oh my gosh, I need a nap. It's 2.30 and I need a nap. What is wrong with me? And that impacts your day if you're trying to run hard and drive hard. Yes. Yes. So I know that this is something that you've experienced and gone through and help women on. So that's what I'm hoping you could shed some light. Maybe walk us through some of your own personal experiences and maybe some ideas for how do we deal with this as women and men? Oh, maybe we'll come up with tips for you. But right now I want to focus on women. Absolutely. So I teach a program called the Midlife Blueprint and there's three pillars to it. So it's meals, it's movement, and it's mindset. And The way I learned this is I had gone through an autoimmune disorder called Hashimoto's, which a lot of women can relate to, Mm -hmm. thyroid autoimmune disorder. I was diagnosed at 44. And when I went in with all my symptoms, I was just told it's normal to not feel well in midlife. And so I had to just beg and demand that my doctor test me for thyroid antibodies, do a full thyroid panel on me. I spent years healing myself and I started with food. That was one thing. I also discovered I had mold in my apartment in my HVAC unit. For anybody, men or women listening, if you're exposed to any mold in your home, that can be devastating to your health. So I had gone on this huge journey of trying to fix my own health. And so I reversed my autoimmunity when I was told that would not be possible. And I thought, okay, what's going to happen in menopause? And I really was honestly scared. I'm like, gosh, I'm just now feeling better. And now I've got to climb this hill called menopause that everybody is scaring me about. And so I started to have some symptoms. And for me, one of the biggest symptoms was I gained weight, even though nothing about my food or exercise had changed. And it also happened to coincide with COVID and staying at home. I live in Los Angeles where we had very strict rules that closed the gyms and everything else. So I just got really curious because the narrative in our culture around women's health, I find, is often very disempowering. Your body's out of control. There's nothing you can do. And whatever symptoms you have, it's just normal to not feel well. That's really what I think a lot of women are told. So the more I read, I was like, okay, this is a time where you've really just got to be diligent about the food that you're eating, about the type of exercise that you're doing. And then I'm also a really strong believer in your mindset and working on that. And so... Fast forward, I went through menopause in 2020 at the age of 51. I'm now 54 and I've been able to take the weight off. Yes, it's a little bit harder, but I'm here to say that menopause does not have to be horrible the way that menopause is often marketed to women. And one thing I always remind women is menopause is a powerful transition. It's not an ending. Right. Don't have to go buy a house coat and let yourself go <laughs> and throw in the towel and think that you're old. You 
absolutely do not. You have choices. And so my whole mission is to really empower women. And hopefully for the men listening, they can support women through this really powerful transition. I love that. I My mom, my mom was a real petite woman, as was like my grandmother and my most of my aunts, like those smaller, you know, shorter petite women. And there was a point, you know, my mom always had like this little belly and it kind of got worse over time. I'm not sure when her menopause stopped, which is another interesting story because, you know, I reached out to my mom. She's no longer with us, but I'm like, can you tell me about your menopause? Because I wanted to maybe understand some of the genetics and was I going to experience some, you know, some of the same things. And it was funny because she put it out of her mind and she's like, I Mm -hmm. don't know. I put it literally, she's like, I put it out of my mind. So she couldn't even tell me like when it started, when it ended. Um, mm-hmm. But I recall her always complaining about her stomach, you know, and for a petite woman, like she did have this bulging stomach. And so did my aunt and so did my grandmother. And they were definitely a little heavier, but they had these protruding mm-hmm. stomachs. Then mm-hmm. I noticed that like the last couple of years, I started to get the belly and I'm like, where's this belly coming from? I'm like, I got the family belly. Like, yeah. this is what all the women in my family have. And I got to think it's part of the menopause piece. It is. So yeah, it, as I say, it feels like overnight someone just ships you 15 pounds and they attach it to your waist. And it's like, you know, it's just this ring yeah. around your middle. And so what happens, what's happening in midlife, right, in perimenopause, which is the, they say up to eight years leading up to menopause, where let's go through and Give a little education of what is actually happening because most doctors are probably not going to tell you. So yeah. first hormone that starts to lower is progesterone, right? That's what helps you to ovulate. So you may start to skip periods because you don't ovulate. Well, progesterone is the make you feel good hormone, right? It helps you to sleep well. So that's why in the beginning, you can feel like you're going to choke your partner because you're, <laughs> you know, you're having more like anger, you're more irritated. You know, you, you, you start to not sleep as well, things like that. And what can happen is then it leaves estrogen unopposed. And that's where you can start to have those heavier periods. I called them, sorry, men, crime scene periods, right? You can bleed through a tampon in 30 minutes, things like that. So that's what's happening hormonally. Then the next thing is, as we age, we start to lose muscle. And that's why it's so, so, so important to start building muscle. And I tell my girlfriends who are in their 30s, I'm like, get serious at 35 about lifting weights and building muscle. And that's when I did. So I had been consistently lifting weights since I was 35. And then What starts to happen in midlife is you become more insulin resistant, right? And so you can start to become pre-diabetic or diabetic because you have less muscle to deal with all that insulin, right? Your glucose response. So that's why it's really important. You can no longer kind of get away with eating all the desserts and drinking all the wine and having all the pasta and all the things because your body can't properly deal with all those sugars, right? And so that's why your metabolism is more busted in midlife. And that's why you get that weight gain. So 
things you can do are walk more, right? Walking is what we call NEAT. It's a non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So it means it's not creating a stress in your body, but it will help you to burn fat. Just put on your tennis shoes, go outside and walk. You don't need to do all these crazy boot camps and hit classes. Nine times out of 10, those are adding stress to your body. And the irony is midlife brings so much stress, but we need to reduce that stress because that cortisol is also what's creating that belly fat. So do your walking, walk every single day. In terms of food, eat enough protein so you can build muscle. You do need healthy carbohydrates and you need veggies. Drink water. It doesn't have to be hard. I promise. I don't teach diets. I don't believe in diets. I teach what can you add? Can you add more protein? Can you add more vegetables? Can you add some healthy carbohydrates, right? Things like sweet potatoes, things like some black beans or rice or quinoa, things like that. That's awesome. That's great Mm -hmm. advice. And for those listening, if this is something that you're interested in, we'll share information with you on how you could connect with Elaine on getting more of this. Mm-hmm. I want to back up for a second. You talked about the mm-hmm. cortisol and mm-hmm. the stress. So mm-hmm. I think this is an important topic to jump on because anyone in sales, mm-hmm. any entrepreneur, I was sharing some stories with you before we started recording of just the daily stress of the job, um, especially in sales. You've got quotas to hit and numbers to hit and there's sure. a pressure on that. Um, I'm going to guess that pressure and stress does not help your cortisol levels. Absolutely. So we want cortisol. So the way cortisol works in the body is it. we've got to have an ebb and flow of it, right? When you wake up in the morning and you put your feet on the floor and you get out of bed, your cortisol needs to go up, right? That's what's going to get you up and get you going, right? But then as we go to bed in the evening, we need that cortisol to start coming down, right? So that you can get in bed and you can go to sleep. So sometimes cortisol can be an inverted, right? Where you get out of bed and you literally have to be like dragged out of your bed in the morning, right? That's me. That's me. Yeah. Your cortisol is too low. And then maybe at night you're what we call wired and tired, right? You're all hopped up. You're all hopped up, but you can't fall asleep. Correct. You just described me. Yeah. So your cortisol is inverted or maybe you're waking up at two or three in the morning. Yes. Right. And again, your cortisol is wonky, technical term people. Or I have a dear friend who is a realtor in New York and she's a single mom and she tested her cortisol and she's been stressed for so long, for so consistently that her cortisol is literally bottomed out. We got nothing in the tank. And that is also very unhealthy. Mm. That can also lead to autoimmune issues and things like that. So midlife, right? For a lot of women, maybe you're raising children. Maybe you're like me. I'm caregiving a 93-year-old mother. Maybe you're doing both. Maybe you're going through a divorce. Maybe you're changing careers. We're all in midlife managing so much stress but it is key. I can't say this enough. You've got to carve out three minutes to breathe deeply or go take a walk in nature or go, you know, I call it go get your vitamin O, which is your oxytocin boost, right? Which is 
have an orgasm or go for a walk with a girlfriend. I got to- I got to jump in on that because uh, somehow my husband's learned about oxytocin. He's so cute. Yeah. And he's like, I need to give you a hug so your oxytocin will increase. And he literally gives me oxytocin boost. Even just before I started this podcast, he's like, did you need a stronger hug than the one I gave you? And I'm like, yes. That's a good man, right? Because we need, it's the bonding hormone, right? It's what is flowing when you're breastfeeding a baby, right? Caring for a baby or you have an orgasm or even a hug or even a walk with our girlfriend, right? So I call it habit stacking. Go for a walk. You get your movement. Take a girlfriend with you. You get your oxytocin. Get out in sunshine, right? Sunshine helps to regulate your circadian rhythm. And when sleep is a challenge Mm -hmm. in midlife, get sunlight in your eyes in the morning. Watch the sunset. That cues your body to start to get ready for bed. So Good reminder. Yeah, there's a lot of things you can do to support yourself in midlife so that you can feel good. Yeah. So any other advice on de-stressing through the day? Because again, I'm thinking about all my ladies out there who are in the sales race or the entrepreneur race. And even I today, it's like nonstop back-to-back meetings without any time to get anything done which creates stress for me because that means I'm going to have to work tonight, which I hate doing, but now I don't have a choice. And then that just multiplies and creates more stress. So I don't think I'm doing my body any good right now. Right. So at one point I went to work in the financial industry about 10 years ago and I got my series seven and my series 66 licenses. So from Pilates to the financial industry and I went and took this week-long course review to get ready to take the Series 7, right? Which is 250 questions over six hours. And it was massive pressure on me to pass this test on the first go. Week-long course, she gives you every tip. The last 10 minutes of the Friday class, what does she say? After every 10 questions, I want you to close your eyes and take 10 cleansing breaths. I was like, oh, I like this woman. So I go, I had my call time was at 7 a.m. for the test, all the pressure, right? I'm not a good test taker. But I was like, I'm going to do what Tina said. And after, it's multiple choice. After every 10 questions, closed my eyes, took those cleansing breaths and went on to the next 10 questions and I passed the test. So I think if you can stop in your day, Even if it's 60 seconds, most of us are extremely shallow breathers, right? If you have the opportunity to watch babies breathe, you will see that they take full belly breaths. And that might feel really hard in the beginning. But whatever you can do, close your eyes, go outside and walk for three minutes, go outside and sit in the sunshine for three minutes something unplug we've got to come back to de-stressing and taking care of ourselves if we're going to show up and do the sales job and take care of children or elderly parents all the things you know i i work with the military a lot 
Oh, so what just came to me is when I'm working with military recruiters and doing training with them, there is a, you know, standard operating procedure and training that I have to give them a 10 minute break every 50, every hour, right? So it's 15 minutes on, 10 minutes off. And yeah. it is the rhythm. And when I literally go into these training s- scenarios with them, I'm like, all right, who's my timekeeper? All right, you're in charge to literally tell me when it's break time. And when we come back, and it's that literally every hour, 10 minutes, yeah. like yeah. that's what's coming to me right now. Uh, you know what? It's a bright, sunny day today. Why did I not go sit outside for 10 minutes? Now, part of that is I booked myself back to back. So shame on me. So that's part of it. We have to think about taking those breaks. I also have a really good friend who used to be co-host of this show for a couple of years, and she now is immersed in breath work as a coach doing uh, yeah. breath work. And I have a girls weekend coming up and she's going to be part of it and she's going to bring us through some breath work. So for anybody who remembers Rachel Pitts, we actually have talked a little bit about breath work, but that is someone that you could also, I think, reach out to listeners for some breath work tips, because this is something that she's doing another certification in on how to be applying this. And same thing, yeah. she talks about the shallow breathing. She's got a practice where she tapes her mouth shut at night yep. to just force herself into breathing through her nose. Yes, yes. That could be a whole podcast episode all to its own about the problem we have of mouth breathing. I know there's a called Breathe. I cannot remember the author's name. I have done breath work. It's amazing. It is very much a somatic experience. Mm -hmm. Body, all kinds of emotion can come out through that. Yes. So I highly suggest if people are interested in that, as a de-stressor. There's so many things you could do. You could do yoga. You can put on a meditation. Find what works for you because what works for you might not work for someone else. It doesn't, you don't have to follow, you know, the pack of what everybody else is doing. Find what works for you and really try to take breaks from technology and your phone. You know, out in nature is very soothing and healing. If you're in North America, it's springtime, you know, get outside. It makes well, even grounding and putting your yeah. feet on the ground. That's yes. what that means. For those yes. who don't know what that means, just getting your, your bare feet, feet on with the ground. your bare feet connected to nature. That's yes. another thing that you could be doing. It's probably why I walk around bare feet all the time, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, which is good for you. Shoes are actually, I say to my clients all the time, like shoes are little prisons for your feet. (laughs) Yeah, right. They are little prisons and I could go on like all these super padded shoes, right? They're actually not, they don't develop the muscles of your feet. Yeah. And if you're, and if you're flat footed, I'm flat footed without an arch. So that doesn't, that does not help my situation either. So we talked a little bit about meals and movement. Is there anything else else that you want to add for mindset? Yeah. So in my course, I every week I give journal prompts and I really go through a whole series of questions over the eight weeks of, I think it's things we don't ask ourselves in midlife. Who do you want to be in this second chapter? Right. You can change course. Remember, I said it's not the end. It's really we're at a new jumping off point. So who do you want to be? Are there relationships you need to mend or relationships you need to let go of? Do you believe to be true about aging? 
if you didn't look at all the magazines and Instagram and what the world tells you as a woman is true about aging, what do you believe to be true about aging and how do you want to age? And what is your vision for yourself in your second half? Because I really do believe I called it the midlife blueprint because you can write your own blueprint and that I teach you that with meals, right? Because your body is different than mine. Maybe you need more protein. Maybe you need more carbs or less carbs. You're going to listen to you and your body with my help to determine what nourishes you and what works for you. Same for size. So I really try to get women thinking about what do I need in midlife? And I had a Pilates client recently and I said, you need to say what you need. And I also said, I challenge you to say no to things that you no longer want to do. So, a need, no. Yeah. Yeah. And when you were talking about what I need, there's also, in my opinion, the what I want, right? There are certain things Mm -hmm. I do not want. I don't want to work weekends anymore. I don't want to put in more hours. I don't want to work 60 hours a week. I just don't. It's draining and it's, we're not here very long and I don't want to be known for I worked 60 hours a week, right? So exactly. these are things I work on too with coaching clients, Mm -hmm. even though I'm sales coaching them before we can begin to sales coach, I want them to get to a place of what do you want? Where do you want to end up? What is the exit plan? What is the vision? There's a reason why you're in sales, right? Because we can make a decent living, more Mm -hmm. than a decent living in sales, but it's a grind. So you're willing to grind, but what are you working for for the grind? Yes. And that's a super important question that I think the vast majority of people are getting up each and every day and they have zero idea of what do they really want in life? What do they value in life? What is important to you? You know, I even ask in my journal prompts like, What did you love to do as a little girl? And in terms of hobbies, in terms of activities, are there things that you miss doing? Because often what we did as kids is like our true essence of what we really love to do. Yes. You You can still play. You can still have fun. You can still create. You can still learn in midlife. And I think we just sometimes forget that and we need to be reminded of that. Yeah, because we've fallen into adulting. We've done a lot of studying on creativity and the fact that we were actually born creative geniuses, but we lose it. We lose it exponentially between the age of five and 15. Uh, So studies show that at age five, you're 98% creative genius. And by 15, it's down to 12%, which is, you know, astounding, but it's beaten out of us and being able to employ that and use that would actually also de-stress you. Yeah, If you got back to it, if you got back to play. We need more play. As adults, we forget to play. I'm guilty of it. Yeah. And we forget to play and create and it doesn't have to be perfect. Go draw something. It doesn't need to be perfect. Go take a class. I have a 74 year old client she's taking a drawing class she loves it yes it's just tap, for herself it's yeah. just a joy to learn tap, tap back into it now you have referenced a couple times journal prompts do you have a journal that like 
that you offer or sell or? I don't. It's like you should. It sounds like maybe I should. No, every week in the class, I give you like five to 10 different journal prompts. Okay. So I'm kind of taking you through a series of like getting reacquainted with yourself, understanding, are there things we need to let go of? Then are there things you need to pick back up? And then what do you see for the future? And what do you believe to be true about aging? It sounds like you need a journal. Okay. That you offer. (laughs) And well, I can tell you some of the prompts that I've been doing for myself lately, which I told a friend and she was like, oh, these are good. So, and I really credit, I listen a lot to Ed Milet, if you know him. No. I've really been enjoying his work lately. So one of the first things is, what will I no longer tolerate? What am I committed to creating? And then my daily promise to myself, because part of part of self-esteem and self-worth is keeping promises to you, mm-hmm. to anybody else. So for me, it's always... Typically eating well, exercising. And then what are you, what are you visioning and imagining for your future? What are you wanting to create? And then daily gratitudes. And those can be things that you're grateful about yourself. And then things just that you're grateful for in your life. Because I think when you practice gratitude, it really focuses you back on how much you do have. Right. Yeah. That is something that I practice. I've gotten, I've fallen off the wagon a little bit. I used to do it every day. Now I'm like Mm -hmm. back to, now I'm down to once a week. So I got to remember to get back to it daily of using the smallest things that I'm grateful for from the day before. And, but also I have a section of props, things that I prop myself up for, things that I pat myself on the back for that I did well the day before. Yes. I think that's huge. I think I find women are generally pretty hard on themselves. We nitpick ourselves to death. I don't know if you're one of those that never feels like they do enough. What is enough? So I think that's a really important question to ask yourself. And I've definitely, I've fallen, I can fall into that not feeling like it's enough. Do you come back to something a boss said to me many years ago, a woman who said, Mm -hmm. because I stopped into work one morning on my way to a surgery And she said, why are you here? You're supposed to be having surgery this afternoon. And I'm like, well, I just have all this stuff to do. And she's like, listen, when you die, your inbox will be full. Yeah. It will never be empty. So please leave and go to the hospital. (laughs) And I never forgot that. Like, I never forgot that. And I give this advice all the time. You know, never going to get everything accomplished that I want to get accomplished. I don't, we could talk to all the mindset gurus in the world. There's only so much time in the day, especially if there's a lot you want to do and you have a a huge appetite to do a lot. You're not going to get everything done and you're going to have to prioritize what's most important to you. Absolutely. And give yourself a break and be like, all right, I'm thankful I got these three things done instead of the 10. Yay yeah. me. Yeah. And tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. No, I often, so my best friend is juggling a seven-year-old and an 84-year-old mother through a pandemic. And some days she's so overwhelmed. I'm like, all you got to do is just keep people alive today. Like do enough to keep people alive and the rest, it'll be there tomorrow. Like, exactly. Give yourself exactly. a break. 
And I, you know, you take that whole combination of like all the family things. Remember when my mother was sick and in hospice and having an aging parent is one thing, but having an aging parent and children to take care of, which I haven't had to juggle that, but that can't be easy. And then you add the job component to it. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to make this a male female thing, but oftentimes the women are taking on all the majority of the family stuff. I am lucky I'm you know in a really good situation where I have a stepson and my husband is an amazing caretaker and nurturer he takes care of us but I've definitely been in the position where I've had to take care of everybody else plus my clients so mm-hmm. for anyone listening in that situation too sometimes as salespeople we put so much pressure on ourselves to do everything for our clients and sometimes we have clients that are very needy mm-hmm. and we take all of that on tomorrow's a new day is a, I love this. Do what you can to keep everybody alive today. And unless you're a doctor in the ER responsible for saving lives, end your day and go home. Yeah. Sometimes you've just got to rest. And I think as women, we often put way too much pressure yeah. on ourselves. And, you know, for women who are working and also caregiving, I did a post on LinkedIn about this. You know, if there's a daughter in the picture, Two thirds of the time, it falls to the daughter to do the bulk of caregiving. So this is where I have a brother and he does not live near our mom. So that makes it more challenging. But I would say to men in the audience, you know, if you can help with aging parents, absolutely. Because watching parents age for me has been one of the hardest things. It's brutal. It really is. That's that. That could be a whole other. Topic. <laughs> we might have to do a show on it because that's a reality too of how do you deal with that? I dealt with that during COVID with my mother going into hospice. Yeah. Now, this was happening in Chicago and I don't live there and my brother did have to take it on. So there wasn't a female to take it on and he had to take it on. But, you know, it cost him because what he had lost his job during COVID. So he was able for the most part to be with her mm-hmm. caregive. But we had to make a tough choice. Do we put her in the hospital where we'll never see her again until she dies because of COVID or does he take that on? And, you know, luckily he wasn't working, but when he had to go back to work, she died a week later. So those are realities that we deal with. And then how do we juggle all that? So not meaning to, to end this show on a downer, but really the point here is I love the three pillars that Elaine talked about, the meals, the movement, the mindset. I think that goes, that could be for anybody. That's just going through menopause, guys. So we can all do better with that. I think in there is also, I'm going to throw in here, sleep. Getting enough sleep. I slept the other day until noon on a Saturday and without a clock. And I woke up and I was like, what just happened? And I have never... (laughs) I'm like, how did that? And I got up actually at 5 a.m. to make my husband's lunch because he leaves for work at like five. And uh, I went back to bed and woke up at noon. My body must have needed it. So yeah, yeah. Listen listen to your body. Sleep is definitely key. You know, another element I don't put under a pillar, but also getting all the chemicals out of our lives. Those play a huge role in, in menopausal symptoms. A lot of symptoms in menopause can be managed through lifestyle choices. And that's what I really want to drive home and empower women to understand how you can show up to take care of your body and support your body. You're not, you're not powerless. You're not without choices. So. 
good reminder. And same on- for men. You know, men go through andropause, right? Yeah. They have yeah. changes too. It's the same for them. You know, movement, meals, mindset. Yeah. Awesome. Elaine, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah. And before we let you go, if people want to reach out to you, learn about working with you, your blueprint, what are the, we didn't even get into collagen, which is a whole other area about you. So yeah. for people to learn more about you, what's the best place, best way for them to do that? So you can come to my website, elainewellness.com. You can find me Instagram, Facebook at Elaine Wellness. You can find me on LinkedIn, Elaine Morrison. I answer all of it myself. So if you have any questions, if I can support you in any way, I would love to meet you. I'd love to chat with you. Awesome. Thanks for that. And thanks again for being on the show. It's a pleasure, Gina. Thank you for the opportunity. All right, Warners, thank you for listening to this episode of The Women Your Mother Warns You About brought to you by Sales Gravy. And I know we were talking about menopause and the three pillars of mindset, movement and meals. There's all kinds of pillars that you can get at salesgravy.university. We talk a lot about mindset in sales at Sales Gravy University. We've got over 200 courses. Go check that out to up-level you. I have something in there on confidence and sales presence. I feel like I should maybe work on more of this mindfulness for women. Maybe that's a course I should create. So go check that out, salesgravy.university. For more about this show, womenyourmotherwarnsyouabout.com and of course, salesgravy.com. And we will see you on the next episode. And when I say see, you can actually catch us on YouTube now to see the video version of every show. So we'll see you on the next show. Bye, Warners. <laughs>